On today's very special episode of Amazingly Terrible, we have me standing in um, at the moment until Adam begins his intro. Take it away, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) I I just wanted to intro the intro. (laughs) No, no, I like it. No, I like that. It's good. And today on Amazingly Terrible, we are listening to, or we are reviewing, I should say, rather, a very special cartoon, Ghostbusters, the uh, 1986 uh, cartoon, not to be mistaken, with the real Ghostbusters. We're going to be watching episode number 22, He Went Right Away. Let's go, Ghostbusters! <laughs> yeah, I think that's the wrong one, isn't it? <laughs> no, that's the right one. That's, that's okay. the right one. All right. listening to amazingly terrible we podcast you listen pray we don't alter the deal further (laughs) i'm adam i'm david i'm matt i'm mike i i I wanted to just say a very special episode because every episode is special for our listeners (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm out What do you think the after-school version of our podcast would be? Like, a very special, uh, tonight, on a very special Dawson's Creek. Well, we've already talked about, like, sexuality with kids, capitalism. Drug use. Drug use. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's already rated R, so. Our lack of drug use. Maybe genocide. Maybe that'll be our special episode. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Okay, we're going to leave genocide, racism, and, you know, just the general cancel culture type (laughs) topics out of this podcast in general. Cancel culture topics. Happy Juneteenth. Yeah. Happy Happy Juneteenth. Juneteenth, Hey, I'm really, I'm really glad it's a holiday. It's yes. officially a holiday. Yeah, yeah. It's been a holiday for a long time. It's just now a federal holiday, which makes it, you know, official. Sure, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> do we want to actually talk about how our week was or anything like that? Or maybe we can talk um, about Mike moving away to uh, no. to the to the highlands of the northeast. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to the land of property taxes. He's moving all up, on up. To the, east side. Up, to the east side. <laughs> of <right>. Jersey. <laughs> the east side, west side, the east of, Jersey. side of Jersey. Yeah, no. The west side of Jersey, yeah. I'd stay, yeah, I would stay on the west side of Jersey. Hey, I hear Hoboken has really good views. Why Why live in a castle and look at a cave when you can live in a cave and look out at the castle? So I would much rather live in Hoboken and just look at the New York, like the Manhattan skyline. Well, I mean, when you live in the castle, it is a lot harder to be invaded than when you live in a cave. Who wants to invade a cave, though? <laughs> like, seriously, how many times have you heard about caves being invaded? I, I think I'm getting your point here, Mike. This so, is... I, I sometimes make sense, but yes, caves don't get inv- invaded. Castles get invaded. You get a really good view of that fucking pillaging. So you just like you're out there at the you're just out there with popcorn. Your, yeah, yeah. You got your bag of your bag of popcorn there from your air popper in your cave. <laughs> yeah. Some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> <laughs> Cliffs mm-hmm. of Petra, the, the streets of Hoboken. Yes. I don't know. There's been several famous cave invasions. Okay, name one. 
uh, when they were trying to flush the Taliban out of the caves. <laughs> that's, that's a good so we're, going, we're going straight to the Afghanistan. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, well, you win that one. <laughs> so, well, well, well played, Matt, well played. So. In the southwestern part of France, they actually have uh, a lot of old dwellings and caves there, and it seems that there was a lot of... Uh, uh, a lot of uh, yep. There's uh, a bunch of Neolithic art down there. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things that they found down there was um, uh, evidence to suggest that one of the first domesticated animals was uh, being domesticated in those caves, and they were snails. <laughs> and it was apparently mm, snails, that sounds so fucking yummy. Like snails were snail. a very important source of protein back then. So. You know, when you're gonna domesticate any animal, snails produce the most milk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it's important to break them you don't want those wild untamed snails exactly you break the lead snail you have to fence yeah. them in so yeah. that they don't snail their way out of your cave Yeah, I, I mean it's a time before refriger- refrigeration like it would be helpful to have like essentially like a snack mm-hmm. that just lived you could just like pick one up and take it you know home. before they had yep. deep fryers snails were crunchy on their own <laughs> the shells <laughs> made them crunchy. Yeah, we're looking at Neolithic popcorn poppers. Yeah, I know that reminds me of this one episode of Ghostbusters where we're, <laughs> where right. we're covering Ghostbusters right. and we're talking about Ghostbusters. All right, let's let's. You're right. We've destroyed the Marin Open. This is the true or counter Ghostbusters. Not to be confused with the real Ghostbusters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. These, this is Ghostbusters Prime. So is no, this no. like the DC version is, of Ghostbusters and not the Marvel no. version of Ghostbusters? This is, this is true Ghostbusters, not not Prime Ghostbusters. Not re- true counter right. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, it kind of, kind of, Mike. This is um, this is the filmation yeah. version. Um, yeah, don't don't over nerd this. Yeah. Okay. So this is the, this is the <laughs> okay. this is the Funimation version. No, not, and not, not fun- the. Not Funimation, Filmation, the Filmation version. No, this the, is the four. This is the four kids version versus the Dick version. So, <sighs> you, you, you I, have, I like how Mike you, was just like loudly you like. You haven't no, even don't watched have a podcast. anime, have you? <laughs> don't have a podcast. Don't don't make this interesting or informative. I demand it. No, so this is like the One Piece four kids version rather than the Funimation version. Which, yeah. you know, doesn't whitewash and, you know, cut the cigarette out. My favorite anime is uh, Cowboy Bebop, though. So. Oh, oh, you have so much street cred. Oh, you, uh, no, you no, see. no. Actually, oh. I'm pretty sure I don't have any street cred by saying that. Because it's like, I, I like the Americanized Wild West version of anime. So. But what I'm interested in is the fact that they're making the live action one coming out here pretty soon from Netflix. I think it's supposed to come out like 2022 or something like that. Uh, I will bet you, um, I will when? bet you $200 that they fuck it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'll take that bet, Matt, because okay. I'm a gambling man. And also, uh, what, what's, the criteria? what's the uh, criteria for determining if it's fucked up or not? Who decides that? Is it me? Because I'm pretty I sure mean... I won. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I think out of all of you guys, I have the most street cred. For anime? I'm yeah. Not saying I have, I'm not saying I have any street cred, but out of the four of you, I have the most. No, you're so, right. It's true. You, I, I've I always so. thought that about yeah. you. So I have like, like, look at all the cred on that guy. I have yeah. like 25 cents it's of street cred, and you, you guys are all pennies. 
I think cred, it's like Bitcoin. You can get like one eighteenth of a cred. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Bitcoin. I want Dogecoin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we need to create a new cryptocurrency. Street cred. Oh my god. Anime, cred, yeah. anime coin. Street cred. Sure is already am, cred. anime cred. Okay, Sugar well then street cred coin. Only street hardened dealers of toughness. All right. Let me get the episode, boys. Yes. <laughs> let's do this thing. Hey, so, let me start watching it. Let's okay. Fuck you. I, I'll yeah, give you a bit I'm of a gonna, head start, Mike. You can go ahead and do I'm that. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to start watching it. Make sure to watch a second link so you get to see the intro. All right. I'm going to start yeah, watching you'll really, it. Yeah. You'll really love that. Now. All right. So I'm going to get into some of the background to start with. Uh, it was 65 episodes. They aired on September 8th, 1986 to December 5th, 1986. They got the 65 episode syndication sweet spot. Um, so this is Ghostbusters, not the real Ghostbusters. And mm-hmm. the controversy, the reason for this is because it all stems back to the film Ghostbusters in the 1975 live, live action um, show show Ghostbusters by Filmation. So 1975, Filmation had a live action show called Ghostbusters, which followed around uh, two bumbling old men in their uh, gorilla that were running yeah. around in a jalopy, and they would played by Forrest Tucker. Yes, yes, Forrest Tucker and uh, forget who the other guy's name was, but they were the same same actors from F Troop. So this yeah. was like a resurgence of F Troop sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like throw the. They've got great chemistry. Bring them back together. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that show basically consisted of every week um, a new supernatural miscreant would show up with like a little sidekick. They do a little bit of investigation. They would inevitably track the supernatural entity to the same castle each week. Mm-hmm. They'd have like a Scooby Doo sort of a runaround chasing after the creature, corner it, and then hit it with a dematerializing ray. And then yell out "zap" when they do it. I I didn't watch any of this sh- the show that this was based on, and I should have because I get the distinct feeling from the sound of it. It sounds super Benny Hill. It sounds like a Benny Hill ripoff. It does. It does. I I actually recall seeing the intro for it on a few occasions when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, but I don't remember anything about the show itself, so I don't know if I actually watched it. It might be one of those things that it popped up when I was channel surfing, and I immediately moved away to the next thing. So right in horror. In horror, yes. So in 1984, um, oh my god, I actually watched this. Oh, you you did see you did the, oh, show. the, the cartoon kid, or the like, show? Yeah, I I remember this. Like, the cartoon, I, the I, cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So wow. in, in 1984, it, it's dead to me without Janine, but still. I just want to interject that, but you know, you'll eventually wind up seeing uh, Jessica Ray. So she's like, yeah, be she, fine. she's the redhead here. So you'll be, you'll be okay. Okay. Well, so long as there's a redhead, then okay, fine. I do yeah. think it's very lucky that you're obsessed with redheads because they seem to be in every cartoon. Mike. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a staple I, of most cartoons nowadays. Or I'm from this surprised. Era, I, in another life, I might have been a writer. <laughs> <laughs> in another life, you were a bad cartoon writer. I, you know, or I, I, I come from the same lineage as bad writers. I just like the idea that there was one guy who wrote redheads. 
Yeah, and on every cartoon, and they're like, "Oh, get that guy! He writes the best no, redhead." Yeah, that's the writer from. Like, and he just hey, went from like cartoon to cartoon. Hey, Benny, uh, t- tell me, tell me the premise of this cartoon you're you're pitching. Uh, well, it's uh, it's about ghosts, and uh, you know, people are trying to stop them from haunting. So you know, that's that's kind of kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, so where's the redhead? What is she doing yeah. this one? Oh, she's she's no, no, a no. she's a reporter. Oh, you mean like that turtle flick? Okay. <laughs> well, this no, is it, well before that, but it, it's like it's like in Bolt. It's like it's before okay, it, I got this concept. Okay, wait for it. Wait for it. Ready? Redhead. <laughs> and then the execs are like, "Yes, yes!" And they're all like, "Because <laughs> they're all applauding and high five." Man, they have stack of dollar bills and they're just doing the like making it rain move on the rider. Yeah, they're right. just like flipping it out and <laughs> brilliant. And brilliant. And, and, and and I I think there should be like like a sidekick, but not like a dog, but like some kind of like anamorphic like animal that we should just like have there like a like a like a gorilla yeah <laughs> um right. i mean i think at the i think that the, the show this was based on was very very 70s no it yeah it definitely was definitely was it was like the um puff and stuff what was it hr puff and stuff hr puff and stuff yeah it was God, a lot that like that so freaky yeah very bizarre. I think we actually have it on the list. We have it incorporated in our list of cartoons, so we'll it's get there on eventually. A list. So, yeah, good. All right. So, um, all right. So, Filmation they they made that original series Ghostbusters in 1984. Dan Aykroyd um, wrote a script about uh, wrote a script for Eddie Murphy and John Belushi uh, to star in a movie with him about, uh, space janitors that were flying around the universe, uh, destroying ghosts in different space stations. Um, when he pitched it to the studios, the studio said, okay, let's dial it down a bit. John Belushi wanted passing away. Unfortunately, Eddie Murphy bowed out. Um, so Dan Ackwood worked with Sam, I'm sorry, not Sam Raimi, uh, Harold Ramis to, uh, pound out what we know of as Ghostbusters. At the time, they pitched it to Columbia Studios. Columbia said, we don't make that much money off of um, uh, comedies, so we don't know if we want to go with a comedy. Also, this this one scene where you have written yourself getting a blowjob from a ghost, is that <laughs> completely necessary? And he was like, yes, absolutely, 100%. The film cannot be made unless I get a ghost job. Close your eyes and believe. And you know that that was, um, there was like a whole side story that that was supposed to be that they had to cut for time. And um, all uh, they kept was the, the ghost and, job. And, but Ackwood, no, Ackwood was adamant we have to keep the ghost, the ghost blowjob because mm-hmm. he, he knew a guy that had talked about a haunting that he had in his house where a ghost would break into the house and fillet him. So it was supposed break to be. Break into the house. Yeah, yeah. And like, and at no point in time did Dan Ackwood say, "Like, are you sure that was a ghost and not like somebody you know?" Well, what would you call someone who flew around the world performing oral sex on men for free? The guy was a sister. No, nope, it was a ghost. Some, a ghost came some, in and blew me. Somebody you know. <laughs> that dude must have been a very pretty dude. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> People were fucking picking his lock to go blow him. So. At any rate, the movie Ghostbusters 
they they realized that there was an issue with the tiling with filmation uh the executive at columbia pictures that like really got behind ghostbusters the movie and wanted to push it through his name was price everybody was trying to talk about doing the movie they realized they couldn't go with ghostbusters so they went with ghost breakers but after mm. a very long time into production they realized that ghost breakers wasn't going to work so price started negotiating with filmation to use the title ghostbusters Filmation, owned by Universal Studios or Universal Pictures, um, said, no, we're not giving this to you at all. They kept filming the movie, regardless of this. Price left Columbia Pictures, became the head of Universal Pictures, and then <laughs> essentially negotiated with his own deal to give them the title of Ghostbusters. For wow. The movie. That's so insane. It, it is crazy the way that whole thing worked out. So anyway, this creates the confusion for the different Ghostbusters. Um, well, they, they got it. F I think they got the title for $60,000. Nope. Something. $600,000. It was $500,000. And $500,000. 1 1% $1 of the profits from the movie, which never got turned over. Like through some right, sort of like movies, crazy no, movies don't make. Yeah, yeah, movies don't make profits. Yeah. You never yeah. make a profit on a movie. In that negotiation, though, nobody talked about cartoon rights. So in 1986, <gasps> after the movie had come out and it was a huge success, Filmation went to Columbia Pictures and said, hey, we want to make a cartoon based off of your characters that you made for the Ghostbusters movie. Since we own the title for Ghostbusters, it makes sense for us to just go ahead and do this for you. Columbia Pictures said, nope, we're not going to allow, fun, fun, uh, allow Filmation, part of Universal Pictures, to do this movie. We're handing it over to Dick. Dick. Yeah. D-I-C. Handed over to Dick. So they gave Dick. it to Dick. They gave it to Dick. And when Filmation... Or did Dick give it to them? When Filmation heard this, they said, okay, we're going to create a cartoon based off of our 1975 live action series, and we're going to release it before your Ghostbusters cartoon comes out. So they rushed it, they got it done, and they managed to release... Ghostbusters one day before the real Ghostbusters, the DIC, the Dick production came out. And in order to try to alleviate some of the confusion, Dick called their cartoon the real Ghostbusters. So that's mm -hmm. the difference between the two. Now, Filmation fucked this all up because essentially what they were doing was they were trying to, at the same time, exploit the popularity of the Ghostbusters movie and compete against it at the exact same time. Kind of, yes. And yep. they failed to follow the main rule, the number one reason to do a cartoon during the era of Reaganomics. They failed <laughs> to take into consideration how it was going to affect the toy line. Because they did release a toy line, but because of all that confusion and because of the popularity of the actual movie, Nobody wanted to buy their Ghostbusters toys, even though, they, from all accounts, they were actually really high-quality toys. It was one of the beginning-of-the-end blunders for Filmation. Uh, as Because if you recall in previous episodes when we talked about Bravestar, Filmation yep. basically folded up shop, I think, in like 1988, shortly after this. So, um, Dark times. So dark, dark times for shitty cartoons. Dark times for shitty cartoons, indeed. <laughs> Because Filmation had a bunch of them. 
Every, everybody pour one out for shitty cartoons. So, uh, speaking of that, though, the toy lines, apparently the, the toys were pretty high quality. They actually did have a very close likeness to the characters in the cartoon. Um, they actually had, like, interchangeable backpacks. They had a lot of interesting uh, parts to them. Uh, some of the characters were bundled together in different packs because they were smaller. Um, and each of the toys came with their own little miniature comic book to kind of, like, talk about the character a little bit. So so cool. So pretty cool, but nobody bought them because why would you buy the quote-unquote cheap knockoff when you could go with the quote-unquote original, which everybody thought was the, the movie, so... So that's All my right. background for the Ghostbusters. Uh, I I read it. I read pretty much the same thing you did, um, but I'm really interested in seeing the original show for some reason. I don't know why, because yeah. I think it's going to suck. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's going to be horrible. But yeah, I, I think it's I one of those, those shows that you have to like like prepare yourself for mentally and be like, okay, yeah, this is 1975. This was a different time frame. All right. Uh, this is when they made Return to the Planet of the Apes. You know. Get, get a little bit more in that headspace of that time frame. It might, might come across. Really the loved Titanic. apes. There was a whole well, lot of ape love at the time. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. well actually, there was a 1950s uh, convention that whenever you went to a haunted house, you had to bring an ape with you. It's true. Why? Because <laughs> they like run interference with the ghosts or something. I I have to think it's at the time that Hollywood got a deal on like ape costumes, and they just put dudes in ape costumes because they were cheap. Yeah. Well, at any rate, though, like we'll actually start the cartoon here. Going into it, um, I thought the animation was pretty good, especially if they were trying to rush it to get it out in time to compete with the real Ghostbusters. I think yeah, it does not look rushed. The backgrounds in this are really, really good. Oh, yeah, the backgrounds are super detailed. Oh, yeah, they're super. Yeah. It's the super surreal. They're really well drawn. There's whole scenes like. The opening scene where they pan over uh, a Bratterat's house, you can see his kitchen, like where he goes down to answer the door, mm -hmm. uh, painted in like we're looking down over it. And they like, even they even the, have like some different pieces of furniture in his place too that are like non-conventional yeah. furniture, but it looks like it fits yeah, right into the decor. So, yeah, there's it, like a, there's like there's like a drying rack for dishes, and it's in a bathtub. Yeah, it, yeah, you can see that instead of a stove, he has a, a gas grill. Like it's crazy, the the detail and the qual the overall quality of the background art. Yeah, yeah, and and honestly, like I I hated the character design, but it was also good. It was, yeah, right? it was well drawn at the very least. Like it was actually yeah. like you could tell exactly what they were going for. And, and one of the scenes that popped out to me the the most was when you first see Tracy the gorilla. He's um, he's sitting on a table and his legs are dangling down, and they had mm -hmm. a, like they went into intricate detail on his feet to make his feet look like really articulated, like uh, like a gorilla's foot. Prehensile. Yeah, prehensile. Yeah. No, yeah, it's like super well drawn. Um, the, the the colors are gorgeous. Like every scene is very full and rich. Um, but then it starts to move. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the the art is good. The animation's a little sloppy, is what you're saying. Yeah, the anim the animation's okay. It's passable. Um, there's some well-drawn animation bits, but they're not really pushing themselves hard on the animation. Yeah. Um, but well, except for a couple scenes, like, the scene... Well, let's get into it, but we'll talk about it when it comes up. 
it's, it's a very cartoony opening song. Yes, is, the opening song is. is is very cartoony. They have uh, Go Go Ghostbusters as their, uh, I don't know, only rallying lyric. cry. Yeah. What's that? Only lyric? It's yes. over there, yeah. It's like, let's go Ghostbusters, let's go. And it's mostly, it feels like let's it's mostly just clips from the show. Ghostbusters, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Strung together in a, in a not very artful way. Yep, yeah, yeah. Just sort of giving you a little bit of like a taste of the show itself, but it's not necessarily uh, anything cohesive. But the, the thing is, we are getting the cartoon that we're going to watch in the open credits. So it's oh, not, yeah, no, so it's not sure. lying to us, at the very least. No, like, I'd say we get a better cartoon than the one we see in the opening credits in terms of the animation quality. Oh, really? Okay. And the and the inventiveness, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so for the episode yeah, okay. itself, we, we get into it, we open up on Bratarat, who is creeping out on his new neighbor. It shows that he's actually being a bit of a voyeur and spying on uh, his new neighbor, who he says is the most beautiful uh, woman in the world. Um. And um, and let's just exp- just real quick, like this is happening in some sort of strange, bizar- yeah, like a Doctor Strange multiverse of madness kind of environment. Like yeah. it, it's not clear that there's ground. It's not clear that there's gravity. They seem to live in these like Dolly esque deformed skulls. Mm. Um, it's not even clear often like what you're looking at really. It's, yeah. I mean, it's very, it's very trippy and cool, but it, 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 it's very interesting that they opened the episode in this environment. Yeah. Well, this is episode 20. So I guess the idea is that by this point in time, we should know that there is this sort of ghost realm that is, doesn't really, that kind of defies logic. It doesn't necessarily have the same rules that the regular realm does. Right. Right. I mean, like, I think, you know, you and I got that right away, but... <laughs> We're also broken in the head. <laughs> well, um, we know it to be true that there's a ghost realm. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a really uh, fun vacation spot, to be honest with you. Um, Mike, have you ever been to the ghost realm? Um... You got to use Spirit Airlines to get there, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to... Sm- while you're on the Spirit Airlines, you have to smoke Spirit cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't seen a ghost, but I'm sure that mm-hmm. it would be the most. Jesus Christ. Let's make a day of it. Why, why, why don't do we put me on the spot again when I'm like sitting here checking my text messages? Okay. Hey, you were the one, you were the one that said that you had all of these conversations. You had all of well, these yes, ghost rhymes I, ready to I, go. I, I've never seen a spirit that I didn't want to drink. I, I never saw rhyme. spirits. I've only hear it. <laughs> I've never seen a spirit. I've only imbibed them. With my I've metaphor. Never... <laughs> yeah, make it make it rhyme, Mike. Okay, you're the, okay, you're the uh, one who's uh, so good. Yes, 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 yes. I've Let's never seen a ghost, but I'm sure that it's toast. <laughs> what? Okay, fuck you, Adam. You actually did take one of my. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was one fuck of you, my... Adam. You, you wish you had, you had him. <laughs> <laughs> the rhymes, that is. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, move moving on. <laughs> So yeah, we open, we open with Bretterrand. We we see his um, 
his domicile, which looks to be in like some sort of weird hollowed out tree skull thing. Yeah, um, he lives in. Yeah, it's it's absurd. It, you don't. It's not. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, um, up is he, down. He he has a so Brad Rat himself. He looks like he's half rat, half dragon lizard thing, and he floats. He just sort of floats around wherever he goes. He has no legs. Yeah, he just got arms. So he looks like he's about to sell Anakin for a podcast. Yes, yes. for racer. All right. Yeah. I, no, I, no, I, I, I like warn that you guys. I'm going to sell Anakin not... for a podcast. Do not rhyme gorilla with flotilla, okay? okay. Honestly, well, I think... We can save I that one for you. Yes. The Phantom Menace... The Phantom Menace would have been better if he was going to a podcast race. Yeah, that would be, that would be great. <laughs> He's oh, like, man. Oh, this is podcast. Now this is podcast. We would lose that race so bad. <laughs> no, this is podcasting. Yeah. Well, because he has so much of the force, and he's got we'd be, robots. We'd, we'd still be our merit open when yeah. uh, everybody else is podcast yeah. finished. Yeah, and like everybody else's laughometer would be like maxed out, and ours is like still at one. Mm. And it's just Debbie in the, the background l- clapping and cheering. <laughs> we get the we get the limpest laughometer in the business. So we pull it on Brad Rat. He's uh, he's actually got like a, a telescopic lens that he's using to spy on his neighbor's house. And it's super creepy because he says, where is she? I haven't seen her all day. She must have gone out the back door. So he was obviously, like, properly spying on her and documenting her movements. Oh, yeah, he's a creep. Like a total right? creep, yeah. So This is our opening scene. Yeah. This is the opening scene, yeah. And he's talking to himself and talking about how beautiful she is and how, uh, how lucky he was that she moved in next door. And then there's a knock on the door, and it is Red Arena. Mm-hmm. He rushes, she turns himself herself. up a little bit, and then she comes comes, in. comes his hair with a fishbone. Yep, comes his hair with a fishbone. Um, then he like lounges on a chaise lounge or the equivalent, and tells her to come in. And she pops in. And he he has a a Tex Avery style wild take because she's so attractive. Yeah, yep. And he's um, but we learn very early on that she's a bit of a gold digger because she is. Uh, only interested in individuals that have a lot of property, and she wanted to find out who owned the big building behind his house, which is the, what is it, Haunting HQ? She, in a show full of terrible characters, she is by far the worst character. Mm-hmm. She's reprehensible and horribly sexist and vaguely, I don't know, racist against Italian-Americans. It, yeah, it yeah. is... It's horrible. Yeah, it's kind of like and a bizarre. gross stereotype of like a uh, like a mafia boss's um, yeah. side piece, basically. A, uh, what is it? A guma. A guma. Yeah, yeah. She she warms up to him because he says that he owns um, Haunting HQ, but then yeah. he hears the voice of Prime Evil call for him to come over to Haunting HQ, and he tells uh, Batarina, "Oh, that's one of my employees. That's one of my yeah. servants. That's one go. of my employees. You know, my employee Prime Evil. Yes, yeah. The, the employee Prime Evil that just called me Batarat in a very aggressive tone, right? And whom I'm jumping to right away to go check on and make sure he's okay. She buys it. He runs out the door. He goes over to uh, Haunting HQ where he sees Prime Evil, and Prime Evil tells Batarat, "Oh, I'm going on vacation." With Long I think it's John's. called haunt, haunt Quarters. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Haunt Quarters. I keep calling yeah. it. Yeah. 
Haunting HQ, Haunt Quarters. So Haunt Quarters. Um, but uh, Prime Evil says, oh, I'm going to go on vacation. Um, I'm going to uh, the Goblin Planet. Goblin, the Goblin Nebula? Goblin Nebula. It sounded was? awesome. Like yeah. th- At this point, I was like, that sounds fucking amazing. We want to go on his he, adventure. Yeah. Right. And then he puts on like... Uh, crazy uh like abbott and costello uh, big... glasses like the uh yeah not abbott yeah, and costello like... but uh mark's brothers uh, mark's brothers yeah. yeah the glasses with the big nose and the mustache and, and the yeah and he the says classic comedy glasses and uh and he says that it's haunting season in the goblin nebula so he and uh long john scarecrow are gonna go check it out basically yeah and prime evil is he looks like a cross between like dracula and an android yeah yep and he's got like a little bit of like skull features about him too yeah yeah they have a lot of like robotic looking things in this uh in this episode yeah yeah yeah. all the bone stuff is mixed with technology yeah like they've they've got one guy in there who's who's like a cross between a skeleton and c-3po yes basically except Except his mouth is like an electric electrical current, like uh, like Bender's mouth, kind of sometimes. And honestly, he kind of looked badass. I sort of enjoyed Primeval. <laughs> no, I thought Primeval looked really good as well. Uh, yeah. I liked I liked some of the design for these characters. I even liked uh, Banneret's design. If it He's... wasn't for the fact that it was like a blatant attempt to rip off Slimer, so I mean, it's clearly Slimer inspired. He's Slimer shaped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they put a rat head on it. Yeah. But every whenever in the cartoon though, whenever anybody describes him, they describe him as a bat creature, and I don't really see bat. I just see rat and dragon. It's very weird. Well, he's got these giant ears that kind of look like bat wings, but they never flap. He levitates. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit weird. At any at any rate, yeah. So yeah, Prime Evil tells Batteran, "Hey, I'm leaving. I got to leave somebody in charge." Batteran says, "Oh, thank you for thinking of me." And uh, Prime Evil says, "Absolutely not." You're a fuck up. I want uh, Mysteria to be in charge. She's the one that actually knows what's going on around here. It's mm-hmm. up to you to tell Mysteria that she's in charge and let everybody else know to listen to Mysteria. That's some good leadership right there. That's a great leadership. That's right. You you defer the deferment to another mm-hmm. employee. Make sure if you're passing authority to someone else, you never tell them. Directly. Exactly. That's how it works in my office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's just um, tasking somebody else with a simple task of tasking other people. It's fine. Just goes around and around in a chain. No big deal. Yeah. So, Banneran sees this as his opportunity to show off to uh, Batarina. And here's the thing that I don't understand Batarina is obviously the same species of ghost that Banneran is. And they are the only two of that same species that we've seen. That we've seen. That's true. But it, uh, I don't know. In my mind, this is like all of the characters in the entire ghost world. So, um, see, I I kind of thought I kind of thought that like Primeval was like a malevolent force within Ghost World that everyone would kind of like know about, right? That yeah. he was this this known entity, and there may be others like him, but there, he was like a known entity, like a prince of hell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Brad Arena comes in, and she doesn't seem to know anything about like whatever anything. the local hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. She she really infers that there's a much bigger like ghostscape out there, and it's nothing like this. It's yeah. completely different. 
That's actually a pretty good point. That's something I didn't really take into consideration. I actually even wrote down in my notes, Goatscape, so that's good. Or Ghostscape, not Ghostscape. Ghostscape. You don't want to mix up your Ghostscape with your Goatscape, because then it just gets, like, really noisy with the goats screaming. Yeah. I think they called it the fifth dimension. Like, they, they, it, they had a space for it. It was another dimension. Batarin sees this as a perfect time to show off to Batarino, so he takes control of everybody. Everybody's, all of the other ghosts, the whole rogues gallery of ghosts that are there. Well, you can boast about a ghost, but a goat belongs on a boat. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> G- oh, chef kiss, mwah. Genius. This is your best one yet. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have the gumas all over you. I you know, I'm I'm seriously having to do like uh Drew Carey and whose line is it? I'm I'm trying to come up with these on the fly and mm-hmm. I have zero skill at improv. Like we know there's a, there's a clear there's a clear reason why I'm in finance and not stand up. To be fair. You have been tricky since three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's true. Um, technically, before three, three. It has been. I was when you told us. Really good day for you. Yeah. Three was when I told you guys. Oh my god, I <laughs> fucked up, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, it's a holiday, and I've been drinking. And, and that's so. when we were like, "What do you mean you fucked up? This is exactly what we wanted you to do. This yeah, perfect. this is. This is come on, this is par for the course." <laughs> This is a mic in one. Like, like I, like I tell Sarah, like you know, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm in standard form, and she's like, oh, not rare form, but standard form. Standard yeah, form. I've been drinking. Yeah, yeah standard <laughs> form. So you haven't even seen Mike's final form. <laughs> yeah. His final form is over nine thousand. That's over nine nine thousand ounces. It does require form. him to uh, to do the fusion dance, though. Yes, do the fusion dance with his. Uh, margarita mix oh margaritas are bad news for me i actually that's why it's your final form i know (laughs) it's there's a reason why i don't drink margaritas where where do we leave that on oh yeah so bad rats we're looking at this rogue rogues gallery of ghosts that are working uh for primeval that bad rats trying to take over that's when uh pops in and he gets a little bit tougher starts talking like primeval talks and uh because he's told all his coworkers, he's told all his coworkers that he's in charge. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and he's trying to act the part in front of Batarino. Uh, he he tells Batarino before all this that he has like ten castles, and she says, "Hey, let's go take a look at one of your other castles." And that's when he has the quick idea of like, "Oh fuck, okay, um, um, Mysteria and uh, what was his name Fangletooth Fangmore." I don't know. I. Th- th- I mean, these characters were so crazy. Yeah, the, the ghost, the boat, the like rogues gallery is insane. It yeah. includes uh, like a two-headed jester, like an overweight mummy, some sort of space werewolf monkey, yeah, an 18th century gentleman, Morticia, and C-3PO. Yeah, well, and and yeah, so I think Maestro was the the gentleman, so like a ghost band director. Yeah, uh, no, he. No, no, his name is um, Maestro. Oh, Frats- Freitzar, okay. Freitzar, or something like that. Fangster like that. was the name of the werewolf. And then uh, Scared Stiff was the uh, skeleton robot. Yeah, he's like yeah. the C-3PO skeleton. I want to make sure we we didn't uh, gloss over Brad Rat stealing a promotion 
from Mysteria. Yeah, that's not good representation. He's gross against women up to and including stealing a woman's an actual promotion from a woman. This whole show is pretty hard on women. It is, it is. It is not kind to any of its female characters, really. And what's funny is I kind of address it at the end. And we'll, we'll get to that once we get to the button of the episode. It's yeah, that's almost, the grossest, that's yeah, almost exactly. the grossest part. It's, it's, it is very gross, yeah. Um, but it, at any rate, so he winds up saying, okay, uh, quick thinking, uh, Fangster and uh, Mysteria, you're with me. We're going to go to the human world. Cuts to Ghostbusters HQ. Where it's a very see, 80s transition. Very 80s transition, yeah. And Ghostbusters HQ looks to be like a small house in between two giant skyscrapers, but we don't really see the skyscrapers. It's just on the house. And it's somehow more gaudy than the real Ghostbusters HQ. Yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they, they, it's, like, it's like they took the up house and they like decked it out like it was a frat house and put, put up Christmas lights. Yeah, and then like stuff to fill with uh, random antiques. So the, the story yeah, firehouse line, is so passe. The storyline here for these characters, though, is that um, uh, we well we meet the Ghostbusters, which are two gentlemen and a giant gorilla, um, and the two gentlemen are named uh, Eddie Spencer and Jake Kong, and it's actually Eddie Spencer Jr. and Jake Kong Jr. and they're yes, supposed they're just... to be the sons of the live action series. So basically, we have essentially two generations worth of garbage packed into this house. Is the idea that they're trying to, to sell us on? So, uh, I kind of believe that the house is quite full. Yeah, there's tons of stuff in it. Yeah, tons of stuff. Let me point out: go to four minutes and thirty-eight seconds, mm-hmm. and there's a painting in the background. Okay, is it Morgo the Carpathian? No, it's a, it's a ghost. It's a ghost lounging, like a yeah. sexy ghost. Oh yeah, nude, yeah, a sexy ghost nude. Paint me like your French ghosts. <laughs> yeah, love it. That's perfect. I love it as well. I, I like that both the characters, except, except for Jake. Yeah, both the characters are like sitting or laying on their desks. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Tracy, yeah. Tracy the gorilla is like sitting on a table, and who and, is who is fit? He is in shape for a gorilla. Oh yeah. And then we have, and Eddie Spencer. Eddie Spencer is actually a uh, kind of like a tubbier guy, and then Jake Kong is like the handsome, competent one. The like the I think he's supposed yeah, to be like bl- the leader of the group. The blonde, the blonde one, so, and his hair makes its own trucker hat. Yes, yeah, it does yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He has a visor. So they, a hair visor. They get a phone call from the Queen of England because Buckingham Palace is haunted, and they have to go fix it. And then we meet. The absolute scariest character in this entire show about yes. cartoon ghosts. It is a pig bat by the name of Belfry. Yes. Yeah. And he looks it's... like Piglet fucked a bat. He looks like Piglet <laughs> fucked a bat. It, like in, exactly like Piglet fucked a bat. Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. First thing yes. that I thought of was in our soon to be post pandemic world. How scary a bat pig would be. <laughs> Just the yeah. type of diseases that I've been rolling off of this thing. Oh my god. It's all it's and everything can affect humans. And yeah, and everything should, transmits directly to humans. Yep. That thing should be fucking covered in fungus, like crawling <laughs> along like crawl crawl limping across the ground. 
I mean, it's already a crime against nature. Yeah, it it is. It is horrendous. He's about the size of a human head, a little bigger. Yeah, yeah. And he he talks, so he's an actual character that can communicate with the rest of the guys and wants to be brought in on all the uh, ghost hunting adventures. But they say, England's too far, you're staying home. You're staying here, it's too dangerous. Yeah, and and I, I think there's a subtext here because one of the things I noticed about Jake is that he is dressed like an 80s Miami Coke dealer. Yes, He's got yeah. a, a blue sport coat, a popped collar pink shirt, and a white mm-hmm. tie. Yeah. Uh, pink shirt is totally unbuttoned. He, and he's, he's, he's kind of showing a, he's a lot a of cuff, dealer. too. He's showing a lot of cuff, like he actually, like, almost like he rolls his sleeves up on a sports coat. So, yes, yeah. It's very rumpled. Yeah. Uh, Which is funny, because interviews with Don Johnson, he talks about how uh, it was an accident that he started that whole uh, fashion craze, because it all came from Miami Vice the tv show mm-hmm. and don johnson was like yeah i actually only did that because it is so fucking hot in miami and they insisted on me wearing a blazer so i just right. rolled the sleeves up on the blazer every time just to kind of screw with the uh costumers and to try to like cool off a little bit and uh apparently it turned into a thing and everybody started wearing their blazers like that in the 80s anyway so that's, that's so my cool. side tangent yeah um so then we launch into one of the most bizarre and fun sequences in the film in yep. which they have decided that they are going to become the Ghostbusters. They immediately run through a gallery of what I assume are like ghost trophies into a skeleton elevator. And uh, yes. I I found this elevator oddly familiar. Oh, Interesting. Okay. I, I, I kind of really recognize the elevator and the keypad inside that was like a ghost skull. face, yeah, yeah a skull. A skull. Yeah, where the, where the where the teeth were uh, keys that lit up but were buttons. Yeah, well, yeah. his phone is also a skull with uh, the teeth the button, number and the, buttons, and the eyes kind of follow you when you're talking on the phone. Yeah, yeah, creepy. But you you found it oddly familiar. Did you, did you recognize where you were calling from? Or is it from uh, well, well, nothing else in the cartoon looks familiar. So I was wondering if maybe I'd seen this in something else. In, in any way, a giant skeletal hand lifts this, the skeleton elevator, and we start going on a fucked up acid trip. Yeah, this is the weirdest transformation sequence since Penguin Drum. It is, it is absolutely crazy. <laughs> At any rate, the, the elevator starts to spiral up into like a neither realm hellscape filled with screaming mouths and screaming faces, body yeah. faces and, and uh, weird biomechanical uh, machinery. And we, we got to assume that the uh, disembodied screaming faces are actually all the Ghostbusters victims for the past. Yeah. All the ghosts that they've killed over time. They have basically imprisoned these people in their closet, in their like Rue Goldberg-esque yeah. uh, cl- uh, closet. So they're actually going into the containment unit in order to change clothes. I am assuming actually they're going into the fifth dimension. I think they're going into the fifth dimension as well. We're, we're kind of combining different series here because there's no containment yeah. unit for the faux busters uh, the faux ghostbusters uh, they just Fo- dematerialize the busters. yeah they, they just de- dematerialize the ghosts they don't actually capture them the way that the real ghostbusters do 
Yeah, they so. essentially like do they they it's as if Pac Pac Man ate the ghosts and yeah. they turn into a pair of eyes and they have to go back to the base to like yeah. reconstitute themselves. Yeah. It is a very video game sort of a effect. Yeah. And anyway, there is a bizarre series of events in which our characters are main characters are grabbed by mechanical hands, thrown into cobwebs, their clothes are magically uh, electrified off their body, and they're thrown on into conveyor belts that dress them, give them equipment, and um, get them ready for their work as Ghostbusters. And this is when we get the main trope that uh, Jake Spencer, I'm sorry, Jake Kong, is the like elegant, competent, competent right? one, and Eddie uh, Spencer is the uh, bumbling fool because Eddie's like stumbling yes. through this whole Roe Goldberg thing. Whereas, like, Jake keeps on making these, like, movements, like, he's kind of a ballerina, and he's, like, perfectly yeah, yeah. agile, and, like, is en- Jake is enjoying the whole sequence, whereas Eddie is, like, terrified. Um, yeah, which, I have to assume they play this every episode, so, like, right. why yeah. is Jake continually, like, befuddled by it? Or Eddie, like, yeah. always the why, same. Why is Eddie yeah, Sorry, is Eddie, why is Eddie always befuddled yeah. by it? At any rate, they, they are thrown out of what I assume is the fifth dimension onto a uh, Murphy bed, and um, Tracy, Tracy. Is ti- yeah, yeah. Tracy is timing this whole thing. They fall down some sort of chute and land in their um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang-esque car. Yeah, the ghost buggy, or GB yeah. for short. What I read is that Tracy is actually highly intelligent, and he builds all the devices and stuff oh, really? that the team uses, right? right. So he must have, that's why he's timing this, I think. He it's, must it's, have built this whole, this horrorscape. And he, he's trying to, like, <laughs> innovate it, and he's trying to, like, iterate through it to try to make it better and better each time. Nice. Yeah, he just, he knows, he knows he's, like, running it on time. Yeah. And he's like, okay, all of that works. I'm going to have to extend the time now because I need to have a new device that just keeps poking Eddie in the dick the entire time. Yeah, yes, yep. And and also, like, when when the whole thing starts off, the, the hand that grabs Jake, like, picks up Jake around the torso and, like, like gently tosses him onto the uh, uh, spider web. When it picks up Eddie, mm-hmm. it kind of, like, just sort of grabs Eddie and sort of flings it underhand. He flings him underhand. So, There's obviously, yeah. Tracy, Tracy has something against Eddie and is trying to, like, fuck him up. I think Tracy just knows Eddie personality like at one point there's like a a uh, a, plun- a a plunger that comes down and sucks onto eddie's head and picks him up so that he can get on a bone trampeze but that doesn't happen to jake so clearly like he knows how what a screw up eddie is and he's built his machine to compensate for him to kind of force him through the process instead of expecting him right. to go along with it yeah nice at any rate the yep. jalopy transforms into some sort of fucked up jet and the jalopy is sentient as well. It talks to the to the gang. It's yeah. Like, what am I, a trampoline? And well, it, says, has, right. it has their logo on the front of it. Yeah, which is like a ghost's face in a like white circle. So the face yeah. talks. And every everything that has a Ghostbuster logo on it actually is like it has movement. It has some sort of anthropomorphism to it. It it talks. It it does something. So it's weird. All their stuff is branded. The ghost buggy transforms into a jet, they take off, and then we cut to a news broadcast at Buckingham Palace that's being uh, reported Covered on. from the air. Yeah, reported on from the air in a helicopter by Jessica Rye, the American uh, reporter that's a friend of the Ghostbusters and the redhead for this episode. Mike, um, tell us tell us what you think of this character. Uh, I haven't seen this episode. 
Aren't you watching it? I thought you were watching it. Go to seven minutes, 12 seconds. Seven minutes, 12 seconds. That's so far away. (laughs) I have to drag my whole mouse. Oh, there's an ad. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. You guys, we've been talking for like an hour and you guys are only seven minutes into this episode. Once we get to the action, it kind of goes through pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Things move faster from this point. Yeah. We just had to set up the background. You know, I, I would love to be that like quintessential person but i would love it if you were a quintessential person too she's kind of run of the mill i mean yes she's redhead, oh, but, uh, oh. but uh, so, so this, kind of this redhead deluded. doesn't float your boat huh yeah you're not excited by this well she, she flies by helicopter but she's the oh, fuck i can't but she, she flies by helicopter but she's no velociraptor <laughs> <Got that. laughs> what I'm glad you're the one who said that. Why? Why? <laughs> I guess because Mike's in divorce. Is she exactly. too uh, 70s Hanna-Barbera? She, she is very 70s Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. This entire cartoon is very 70s Hanna-Barbera. Hanna-Barbera? Uh... <laughs> oh, what a terror. They made the cartoon Yogi Berra. You know, I'm just going to start saying the first line and i'm gonna let adam <laughs> fill in the second because yes, clearly he's 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 way better at the closure no oh, I, 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 can, I really I can, like it when you can't do it if you can think for a rhyme with hammond hannah barbara send your email to not mostly terrific at amazingly terrible.com make it into a lottery we want like, o- only the word that rhymes with Hannibal Barra. No and, other words. And if you yeah, collect yeah. 50 box tops to Cinnamon Life cereal. Um, Send we'll it in to you... us so that we can then use it to get. We want to get decoder rings so that when we text each other, it can be in a code. Send exactly. in all of your box tops and your rhymes with Hanna-Barbera and helicopter. Mm. And we could trade that in for so many cassette tapes of new music. By which I mean 80s music. Mm -hmm. You know, I have so many missed mixtapes that I want to make now. (laughs) (laughs) I think you could just assemble a Spotify list there. No, absolutely not. It has to be on magnetic tape. Because presidents of the United States of America and a system of a down... Need to be in one place other than you, Spotify. You <laughs> I don't have know. Terrible taste. Um, I'm literally on. grabbing what the horrible memories of of high school and the in the 90s, and I kind of threw up in my mouth just thinking about that. It was all Everclear and Presidents of the United States of America, Matchbox 20. Matchbox 20. Yeah. So Everclear in it, when I turned 21 became so much more. Um, potent and awesome. <laughs> Jesus, it's what you'd mix in with your uh, jungle juice and all the frat mm-hmm, parties, yeah. right? or all the sorority parties that you were uh, uh, going to. Yes. Toga parties, all of them, all yeah. of the all of the parties. I I came into you know I I kind of uh, came out of my shell in in college and. But you wanted to fun. keep it on your back, though, because you so wanted many, to make sure you were still crunchy. So many, right? so many, I've so many always, parties. I've always said you're kind of a partisan, Mike. 
I'm I'm bipartisan. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, You're like bipartisan curious. <laughs> bipartisan curious. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you guys a story uh, about <laughs> about New York, okay. about oh, Brooklyn. Okay, about Brooklyn. I went to the um, I went to like the the bagel pub which is like a chain for bagels right yeah, um, yeah. And, and they do pretty good bagels but it was very it was busy like with lots of i don't know like post-college kids getting bagels early in the morning which i didn't realize it was so busy so i went in and uh got through the whole line and got up to the front and i said uh, hey could i get a nice coffee to go with my bagel and um the girl behind the counter was like yeah and she was like and i was like uh what size do you want i was like uh can i get a medium she and, rolled her uh, eyes at you, didn't she? <laughs> and she said, I'm sorry, uh, our drinks are binary. <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> uh... Yep. So I said, and I wanted to say uh, many other things, but yeah. I just said, okay, then give me a large. <laughs> You just look her dead in the eye and be like, okay, just give me a gender neutral, okay? Right, you, yeah. You fascist. Um, <laughs> I would like was, an asexual coffee, please. I, it I, was, was, I want an ace coffee. It was one of the weirdest things, interactions yeah. I think I, I've ever had with, like, a coffee person. Well, oh, it, it, but, hey, but just guys, the terminology being used, saying it's binary, like, that's just so, Everything else was perfectly normal, and then she yeah. was like, no, I'm sorry, our, our sizes are binary. Is so, that, is did that they like, give you... Both bagel? halves of the bagel, or did they only give you one half of a bagel? <laughs> well, they they only gave him one half of the bagel and then the bagel whole. So what but the you, fuck is it? You what, know that girl was like. What you is it? that girl was like? I'm gonna say that our size. I'm gonna say that they're binary. And what is a dopio? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. What the fuck is a dopio? It's two. It's what? a double. It's a double shot. Then why don't they just call it double? We're... Because it's based on Italian coffee. Like the, all the, our entire coffee culture is based off of Italian. Uh, you know, you know what I love What's going Adopio? to a coffee shop and asking for a coffee with milk, and getting charged four dollars less than a latte, which is a coffee with hot milk. No, actually, that they blow actually, air into. No, yeah, it, lattes are delicious. It's the same as a cafe au lait. Because a cafe au lait is coffee with, with steamed milk. milk. Yeah. Well, what's an Americano? An Americano is an espresso shot with water added to it. And it's called an oh, Americano that... because GIs during World War II were in Italy and they'd ask for coffee and they'd get a shot of espresso and they'd be like, can you fill it up to the rim of my cup? And they just added water to it. And then they said, stupid Americana. Yeah. Actually, it's not technically Americana unless it has a big Italian lo- loogie, loogie in it. In it. Yeah. <laughs> Hot water and an Italian loogie. And the best the best baristas will keep a jar of loogie. Yeah. So, Italian loogie. Is, Italian that, loogie. is that kind of like a liter of cola? It's kind of like a liter What's of a cola? liter of cola? What's a liter of cola? How about a puncher size your face? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, those are all lines from a movie that yeah. we enjoyed. Yes, all of this is irreverent. 
comedy. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, yes, 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 fellow jokesters. So the the reverence we have shared here has been quite special to me. David, please put a bed of morning zoo radio noises. <laughs> For all of you listeners. Hey, listen to this irreverent comedy. This is it's Sloppy it. Matt Z in the morning in the breakfast bunch. <laughs> oh, God. What was the guy on yes, DC 101 that laughed like he was choking on, like, a sesame seed? A sesame uh, we've already talked about the grease man, so yes. not him. Yes. Not the was, was, it, was it Elliot? <laughs> oh my god that was good mike Uh, i literally had to choke myself with my own hands it sounds Uh, like you've smoked for like 20 years (laughs) well thank you i have been uh, i have been auditioning for the marlboro man (laughs) Uh, he's he's just the only other dc yeah i I remember elliot in the morning elliot in the morning (laughs) yeah well, as far as I know, he's still there. God, he must wow. be like, what? Because DC 101 has not changed since the 90s. No, yeah. actually, if he was like 20 when we were teenagers, then he's probably only like 10 years older than us. Well, I, I listened to Elliot in the morning when I went back to uh, George Mason. So, like, as of 2008, it was still, still yeah. a thing. So. Okay, so here's what I don't understand about radio. Back when okay, we so were they, kids, they are like, they're waves, they're oscillating waves. They no, no, no. The I, air. I, I, yeah. I get that part. They tend I, to I travel slower than the speed of light, but it's just considered to be the speed of light for mathematical purposes. DC one hundred one was like the best of eighties, nineties, and today. Yes, <laughs> which like back in you know the nineties, huh. the late nineties made sense, and even the early two thousands, they still fucking say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they literally encompass the eighties and nineties. And then the next 21 years as no, no, today? No, because no, no. No, they don't play 80s, anything 90s modern. 90s, and today, and then they, they don't play anything from 2000 Today meets to the news. Yeah. Today is the new segment. In today, we have traffic. I, I understand that the day we became old was when... Green Day became classic rock, and that wasn't, you know, that long after we graduated college. Green Day was always garbage. It was garbage, but in the same envelope as Queen and the Rolling no, Stones. No contest. Did you ever see Green Day in concert? No. Uh, HF Festival, fuck yeah. They were- HF Festival. It's a festival, man. They when we were around. young and straight edge, and we're like, we don't need alcohol. We're like, 18 years old, so do, fuck do, alcohol, fuck as drugs. You, as you, you were straight edge. edge. Yeah. And, 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 then, and then we turned 21 and we're like, fuck straight edge. We're, yeah. we're drinking alcohol. We're alcoholics now. We're, we're going to drink because the world fucking sucks. I think I've come back so many So many edge, wasted so. years. Yeah. Um, and, but no, I, I saw Green Day at the Boathouse in Norfolk, and, uh, Norfolk Virginia. And, uh, mm-hmm. I saw uh, the Violent Femmes there. They they had they had no no opening. Uh, they had no uh, no closing bands or anything. It was just them playing the entire night, and they played for like four straight hours, and actually kept the energy up the entire time. Lord, and I, I I was after I went to that concert, I was like, I'm actually pretty impressed with Green Day. That's impressive. Like they they it actually really like, is. I mean, they pulled out all they, the stops. 
Yeah, but they were playing their own music, right? How many albums did That's they play, the like, blow through? Yeah. <laughs> like, all of them? Well, the best part was is they actually started, like, pulling people up from the audience to play with them. They were like, hey, Jeez. what's your name? Oh, you play bass? Get up here. We're going to have you play the bass line for our song. I want you to masturbate for, like, five minutes straight. Yeah. Our bassist hates doing this. They're, we're so sick of playing this song that... <laughs> We've been we... playing it for the last 40 years. Please. Oh, now you're a green day. So I'm free. Weird. I'm free. <laughs> You're not taking the curse. On the curse, the the curse, curse is lifted. <laughs> you are Runs now Green night. Day. Uh, no, I saw Violent Femmes there, and they were great. Oh yeah. yeah. I watched Counting Crows open for the Rolling Stones back <laughs> in the nineties. Cool. That was uh, a cool story, bro. Yeah. That's all this I got. Cool the second part was cool. The Rolling Stones are cool. Yeah, all I remember was like the lips and the tongue like lapping around on the screen because that's like their their like their trademark is yeah. like the lips and the tongue. I saw Paul Simon open for Bob Dylan. That was a weird combination. Holland Oats is a weird combination. Yeah, I like my oats with like a little honey. I, I like them with uh, brown sugar and uh, maple syrup. Mm -hmm. I, I like I like my oats with Garfield. <laughs> yeah, I like my mm, tastes like failure. <laughs> Something that, rosemary, thyme, and Lowry seasoning salt. Those ladies are quite talented. All right, let's move back to the episode, gentlemen. No, we yeah. No. Um, so we, we get the news uh, covered out. from the sky. And then we cut to an interior shot of Buckingham Palace where uh, Batarat and Batarina are hanging out watching TV. And Batarat freaks out because he sees the Ghostbusters has arrived on the television. Mm -hmm. He mobilizes uh, Fangster and um, what was your name? Mysteria. Mysteria to basically take care of the Ghostbusters. And in the process, the tumble that ensues, Eddie winds up capturing all of the Ghostbusters themselves on accident. Yes, and at that point, they, uh, rat comes out and gloats over them a little bit. It says something like, uh, Prime Evil is not even going to believe this. Yeah, and then, he captured the Ghostbusters. And then Batarina shows up and says, uh, if you were uh, my real man, uh, you would give me a place of my own. Yes, and she wants Big Ben. She wants Big Ben. So he's yeah. like, I don't have the ghost forces to take Big Ben. And she's like, well, maybe I should find somebody that does. And that's when he winds up calling in Floatsart. There we go. Floatsart, because he floats. Musical maestro of fright is what he's called. Mm -hmm. so he's he, Floatsart. So he summons, Banarat summons uh, Floatsart, and Floatsart now proves that he is one of the most powerful henchmen because he just creates ghosts out of musical instruments. Yeah, he summons a band, he conducts the band, and ghosts fly out of the musical instruments. Particularly the up. brass instruments. Yes, yes. Um, so the ghosts then fly out to go take, basically just surround Big Ben and take it over. And we wind up cutting to see uh, Belfry uh, flying from wherever the Ghostbusters HQ is to London, England. Yeah, he, he essentially it's inferred that he flies across the Atlantic. Yeah. And I was just thinking the size of the pandemic that that fucking creature is creating by mm. just like just like shedding viruses. He's flapping around on his way to England. It's just 
terrifying. Well, can, you ima- can you imagine the the shits of a pig slash uh, bat creature? Oh god! Like he's That's just raining them down as he as he flies over the uh, countryside of of England, and he it's has like, to cross most of it to get to, get to, to get to London. Yeah, and just just absolutely destroying the landscape and leaving these little disease piles for people to interact with and take and yeah. get sick themselves. Yeah. Uh, we we then also cut to the fifth dimension where we see the Ghostbusters in the dungeon of Hot Quarters and um, they try to get Tracy to break them out and Tracy attempts to bend the bars to the cell causing the cell to essentially collapse in on them and they get buried yes. in rubble. Cut back we see that the source of the ghosts are uh, mysteriously coming up and surrounding Big Ben, and we get uh, uh, a shot of the interior where we actually see Batarat and Batarina trying to decorate Big Ben, and they're basically just trashing the place, destroying it. Yes, and uh, Batarat is feeling very henpecked at this point. He, I think he's starting to realize that this is not a good deal for him. Yeah, they don't have a very uh, healthy relationship. Is it mm-hmm. isn't a solid partnership between the two of them. It seems to be a more transactional relationship. And so. Belfry Belfry flies in uh looking for the Ghostbusters and immediately freaks out and traps himself in a birdcage. Yeah, flies directly into a birdcage. So Batarants and uh Batarino are kind of gloating over that. Well, Belfry is like freaking out. And then we cut back to the Ghostbusters trying to break out of prison again and they do this whole series of strange goldberg activities it's completely unearned yes there are there are multiple like so this is like the third time we've had like a rue goldberg-esque device on the show it just seems like this it's this repeating theme that tracy triggers these these multi-step processes and and it's not set up by tracy it's just like there happens to be items laying in such a way that would lead to a series of events that would get them the thing they want. Anyway, yeah, a ghost grenade, which has the Ghostbusters emblem on it, so it's like moving around, jumps into Tracy's hand. And yes. that's when Jake's like, oh, be careful with that ghost grenade. If it goes off in this dimension, it would make a huge mess. And then Tracy immediately sets it off right next to them. And it Ready. explodes the entire haunt quarters building, and they escape. Yeah. And they, I think they actually say they need to catch a scareway back yes. to the real world. So I'm assuming yes. scareway is supposed to be like freeway or parkway, or do you think it's a stairway? I think it's a stairwell. Like a I think stairwell. it's like stairs. Okay. Yeah. But um, I'll bet it's like a portal or something. This brings yeah. up so many questions. I mean, yeah. geog- geog- the geography of the fifth dimension as it relates to the human dimension is very... Squishy. Yeah, it's pretty squishy. Doesn't really make a whole heck of a lot of sense. And and the other thing is also this obviously shows that the Ghostbusters have been in the fifth dimension and are very familiar with this mechanic. That's where they works. keep their that's where they keep their clothes. Like it's just where, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it's uh it's like the hammer uh space. They like go there every day. Did you guys ever read the Hyperion uh cantos? Yes. No. No. Uh, well, there's one character in that. David David knows. There's this one character in that that like basically they they live in a spacefaring culture that's so powerful that people essentially have like these teleportation houses where every room in their quote unquote house is on another planet, and mm. they just have 
they just walk around through these portals and they end up on in uh, on other planets and then eventually like of course that their their whole uh, technology collapses and people are like trapped in these one room um luxury planets yeah mm. and die there gotcha. well the fifth dimension seems kind of squishy i think it sounds really fishy <laughs> okay yeah yeah that's a good one all right I yeah. Like it. yeah Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's go. Let's work with it. Let, yeah. You know, you're, you're, okay. Let's workshop it. Your words with getting better. Yeah, it's a squishy. Yeah, squishy. Yeah. Well, well uh, the other thing is, is the Ghostbusters have like these fifth dimension antimatter grenades. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It seems and like they like, should be able to basically wreak extreme havoc in the fifth dimension. Yes. Well, it's in, like the thing that gets me is like they they say they have all this ghost technology, but the fifth dimension in no way like infers that these are undead creatures. They're they're just mm. creatures from another plane of existence. Yeah. So maybe like like these aren't necessarily they may not be ghosts. They're just another different insane form of life. That's a good way of looking at it because you can't say that all of these technologies are weird and yet ghosts are normal. So you're right. I can't. So, but if they're all multi-dimensional beings, then you can also have multi-dimensional technology, and it sure. all kind of ties together into maybe one universe. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm definitely seeing this as our, our our entrance into the multiverse. Yeah. The Ghostbusters break out of prison and immediately show back up to Big Ben here. Jessica reporting on it is like, oh, the Ghostbusters are back. Everything's going to be saved now. And they approach Big Ben, uh, deciding to approach it from the air, despite the fact mm -hmm. that they just landed their flying car. So they engage their backpacks and turn them into jetpacks to then fly up into Big Ben. Yes. And this leads to a whole fight sequence, which is essentially Tracy and Jake dealing with Floatsart dematerializing him and then uh, Tracy basically sucking all the ghosts back into a tuba by just yes. essentially just sucking them in. And he like reverses the, he reverses the ghost process by he sucking He goes them from blow to suck. Goes from blow to <laughs> suck, exactly. And um, <laughs> Jesus. And that essentially solves the problem. They wind up uh, finding Belfry, uh being held captive by Batarat and uh, Batarina. Who are probably and, dematerialized. Probably dematerializes, but but first, Batarat throws Batarina in front of the material dematerializing ray, mm -hmm. and then he himself gets dematerialized, and they wind up uh, having the moment of like, oh, everything's okay. Wait, where's Eddie? And then suddenly, Eddie bumblingly flies into the room and crashes, basically yeah. inferring that he had no control over jetpack the entire time. Meanwhile, in the fifth Typical. dimension, the Long John Scarecrow ghost ship reappears. And we find out that the primeval has gotten sick, and he has a water ball on his head. He winds up seeing the uh, the entire uh, haunting. Why can I not get this haunt, right? haunt quarters haunt has been quarters. destroyed from the grenade, and he yeah. goes on the warpath and abuses many of his underlings in his way on his way to finding uh, Bratterat. Yeah. We, we then flip to uh, Batarat uh, banging on Batarina's door, begging her to take him back. Mm -hmm. uh, and she basically is like, why should I? And they have like a little bit of a discourse there. And then uh, Primeval shows up, yells at Batarat for fucking his palace up, destroying all the shit. 
tells Banneret that he's got to repair everything, and it has to be exactly the way it was, and basically drags him off. And then Banneret like, oh, Prime Evil is the one that was in charge. Yeah. And then starts and chasing is, after Prime Evil. Yeah, this, this one's really interesting because of the scale. Like, where basically, like, when he picks up Braderat, you kind of get the feeling that he he's like the size of like a small cat and like and so is their houses is. yeah yeah so you get a real like um uh, mr rogers when he goes into the land of uh, magical mystery or whatever it is like he's like standing next to like a um make a train believe. table a he train goes, model that's that is batarina's ha yeah he goes to land make believe that's yeah. batarina's house is like this miniature compared to the size of the prime evil mm-hmm Yep, and you can. It's primeval is like looming when he when he comes up here and starts yelling at him. So there's but like there's literally steam coming out of his ears. And I feel like there, this was another like good point of animation here because the whole scene where he picks up Batarat, like he squishes his nose, then his nose yeah. flips up, then he like he plays with his nose a little bit. And I thought that was kind of a nice little detail for this era of animation where things tend to be a little bit more like boxy and just sort of thrown together. So, I think well, was... it's hard whenever two characters interact. Like whenever another character touches another character, mm-hmm. it's very it requires Difficult. a lot more work. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, me neither. Well. Uh, then we get a sh- a short a short moral lesson. Yeah, we, from, we, we uh, get the button of the episode. Yep. Yeah, from um, Jake and Jessica, and, and they're standing in from sort of skull television. Yeah, they're yeah. skull TV. And I think I think it's actually called like a skeleton TV. It has pretty simple names. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you that is the most Trumpish comb over I've ever seen. That's the way it was back in the seventies. Where do you think he got it? The TV is called the Skelevision. No, fuck the TV. I'm talking about the comb over. At any rate, they just say that Brad Reno was a bad friend. Yeah, and, and this was the whole weird part too. They were saying. Batarina wasn't actually a good friend of Batarat. She yeah. only pretended to like him because she wanted stuff from him. Yeah, she wanted to get something from him. And, and Jake, Jake looks at the camera, though. Yep. Jake, Jake looks at the camera, though, and says something like, a friend isn't something, isn't someone that wants something from you. A friend is somebody that likes you for being a good person. The so like you know. this is again real echoes of brave star right here yeah. like the white man the, the white man or white man stand in looks directly at the camera and tells you what to think yeah it tells you what to think and what to feel and then at the mm-hmm. same time is like is like diminishing the brad arena character by saying like oh you know her thoughts and feelings aren't real because mm-hmm. it's based off of materialistic ideas and it's like, you don't know what Batarina's background is. Maybe she came from, like, an abusive family where, like, or they had nothing. And she wants to make sure that she doesn't live in a life where she's right. always worried about, like, hand-to-mouth hand type of subsistence living. Maybe she's trying to, like, create a better future for her offspring. She never got the education she, you know, knows that she needed. So she can really only trade on the, the only thing that she feels like has value, which is her body. So this PSA, is it basically saying strippers don't actually like you? Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> but I, I, I think we can take it further in, like, what this show is saying. They're saying that, like, women don't like you. Yeah. They're saying... They don't have personalities. They're and... saying women that uh, want things from you do not like you and are undeserving of 
your attention. My takeaway is that I need to wear a white tie and a pink shirt. Yeah. I, I would I, I, I would buy good, cocaine from you, Mike. Yeah. If you were a dealer in Miami in the 80s, I would buy from you. That, that would be that'd be a good look for you. Yeah. All right. What did we think of this? This is like a perfect mix of like all the 80s cartoons. What is it? It's it's like not the show we need. It's the show we deserve right now, or something. No, like it's, it's, it's it is, not even that. It <laughs> is perfect for us. It it's is. horrible. It's horrible. But there are some like really good qualities about it. Like the background art, the soundtrack is actually pretty awesome. Yeah, the sound was really cool. Like I the, the that opening, the sound for that opening scene that was that was amazing. All the music is actually really good, and it's like it's scored throughout. Um, and the uh, the painting and drawing and background art and the character design is pretty fun. They're they're terrible, yeah. but it's pretty fun. Um, but the voice acting and the sound effects are ghastly. They're so bad. Every mm-hmm. character is an unlistenable screeching hellscape. And what's funny is the pedigree <laughs> of those voice actors is I know it's great people. Yeah, you got yes. Pat Pat Fraley. Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen. Peter Cullen was the voice of uh Banarat and uh, yep. uh Eddie. So we, we have Optimus Prime doing Banarat. But like the the the, the Banarat character, you can hardly tell what he's saying because it's like the voice is so strained. It's like, unintelligible. So like, it's like he he took his voice in like high pitch and just sort of like shoved it through a sieve. Like and most of the time, he's not saying anything. He's just making like throat clearing noises and yeah. like gutter and grunts and things. Yeah, and then we also had Pat Fraley, who did like half the voices on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, yeah, I know. I mean, like they hired again. Like they went with the best. Yeah, they went with some really good guys here. The only one that I thought was very strange was Lou Shimmer got in on all this and you know what well, Lou he, was producer. Was? And he was the producer the producer was yeah. like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on on this and he did the voice of tracy even though tracy was basically just sort of like grunting the the, the yeah, single the, syllable the words yeah and then like yeah. he, he did the voice of like all the inanimate objects that would pop up so I'm, I'm sure it's a good way to get residuals oh i'm sure i'm sure and he probably saved a buck initially on it too so probably the storyline is grisly, but it keeps moving. It feels like a late. It feels like a late in the run episode, but it's not that rated late in the run. No, it's it's like not even in the middle. It's like the first quarter, right? So, and then it's worse. The worst sin, the thing that I probably hate the most, which is like every cartoon of this area, everyone is incompetent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I lost about that because it seemed like. It seemed like they bifurcated, like having one character be, be competent and the other character being incompetent. But I guess that's just the 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 main two Ghostbusters. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, Tracy solves all their problems because even even Jake, even though he's he comes across as like super competent, he's still uh, he doesn't he, really do anything. He's not effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't really achieve anything. He's there for like adding exposition. Of what's going on? Whereas, and then Eddie's bumbling, Belfry's bumbling, all the bad guys are bumbling. I don't know. It seems, um, yeah. it, it definitely is basically just playing, okay, where we have like the straight man character and then 
bumbling happening around him. But in order for us to affect some sort of change, we're going to have Tracy act as like the DSX Machina and be able to actually take care of everything else that pops up. And that's how we're going to further the plot. The bumbling is the joke. And then we have these other characters further the plot. So, um, having, having said that and having agreed with you on all these things, I actually kind of like this. Me too. <laughs> me too. It really, it really grew on me. At first, I was going to be like, "This is going to be another widget, the world watcher." Yeah, yeah. Where we're we're dumber, but honestly, it really grew on me, and I was like, "This is fucking nuts." Yeah, I, th- I think the thing that like really <laughs> got me was just the the intricacy of the background, in like the, yeah. like how rich they were able to make it, just mm-hmm. by paying attention to those little details in the background and making like a real environment for these characters to exist in. And like that flushed it out enough for me to be like, okay, I see this as being like a real thing. I think this is actually like a, a pretty, pretty good, even if it might just be sort of slapdash on the writing, it's pretty good uh, artwork and animation in here enough. So that it actually kind of brings it all together, makes it cohesive. So, yeah. And there's a bunch of like weird puns and um, yeah. um, bizarre bizarre happenstance yeah and there, there's just like a certain amount of just strangeness to it just bizarreness to it that just kind oh, of yes. makes it intriguing it's like oh okay so what is the relationship between batarat and uh primeval it most of this episode is like two gremlins screaming at each other yeah. while while an anthropomorphized pig monster floods or flies around yeah it's it's honestly if you, if it's one of those things that if you took this out of context back in time to like 1947 and you showed it to people they would just be like what the what the fuck even is this mm-hmm. yeah i think if you brought this forward to 2021 people would still say the same fucking thing you think so you don't think people would be conditioned enough to just sort of like connect the the dots and be able to like no. say oh obviously this is a different landscape this is a different dimension no, they'd be like, what the fuck is this garbage? <laughs> well, I, I think what happened is you bring it forward to 2021, and I think a lot of people have the same reaction I did. It'd be like, kill that fucking pig bat thing now before it spreads. Destroy <laughs> mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I can't it's do another year of this COVID. shit. Yeah, that, that shit's going to cause COVID. Mm-hmm. Okay, so guys, do you remember that spot in the desert where they... Uh, Took all Dump of all the, the bodies. No, they they took the ET Atari yeah, games and they dumped. buried them. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's what they need to do with this fucking episode. <laughs> they need to take this episode out in the middle of the desert, shoot it in the back of the head, very very cleanly, oh and then bury it. No, it, what's, there's, that's that's actually there's, a good point. Though. There's no proton packs. I'm, 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 there's no Slimer. Oh, it's a soulless cash grab. There's, but a weird one. There's yeah. absolutely nothing that actually revolves around ghost busting. Well, they, they dematerialize the ghosts. So, but, but you have a very good point there in that, like, of all of the cartoons that are out there that have so much fucked up distribution rights associated with it, the fact that this is a filmation movie or Filmation TV series, and Filmation no longer exists at all, it is amazing that we can still get copies of this so easily. Because it was released on several occasions on DVD. 
from various distribution companies around the U.S. Yeah, I'm, I'm not know, sure anybody cares. God bless no, so the either. old the old ladies that recorded all of these shows and commercials onto their VHS tapes back in the 80s that allow us to watch this shit again. Because God knows that, you know, we... I, as I, Honestly, though, as good as this... The, the quality of this is so good, though, that it is almost like it is like a remastered version. This isn't something somebody copied <laughs> off of TV. And, and I've, well, I've okay. actually looked it up. These are actually made off of the Yes, masters. okay, well... The, the masters Washington... were basically re-released, and, and that's the reason why this is such a good quality compared to, like... Uh, Highlander. It does. It does oh, yeah. look good. So it so, wasn't some old lady it, recording, but I mean, Washington Post has actual um, microfiche of their like 1903 newspapers. So yeah, there's, well, you know, it, it, it's something called record keeping <laughs> that you know even defunct companies still have. It's but, but, that's, know, they're, they're, but that's not true. Though. I like that you're teaching us a lesson about this. <laughs> it's like, you I was know, gonna. I was going to add to your point, Mike, and I would just like to thank that uh, our culture's pervasive interest in stealing and distributing intellectual property. <laughs> well, I'm without sure that culture, we wouldn't have a podcast. I'm sure that there's some guy out there that's retaining the rights to uh, Fanimation um, and is getting money from the YouTube upload of this bullshit. Do you know that somebody owns the movie English. rights to the book Everybody Poops? Oh no, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm sure yes. you know the three old nice, ladies that came nice. up with the happy birthday song, their children are still getting royalty. No, not anymore. Nope. Oh, is it is it a free Yeah, it's public use now. Public free use. use now? Yeah, okay. public domain. Yeah, maybe 2016, 2017. Well, um, I mean, Mickey Mouse is still fucking copyrighted, so... Well, of course it will be. Well, yeah. Um, because, yeah, Disney's going to always lobby to extend those copyrights. And they're going to lobby to change those laws to extend them, so... Yeah, I, I feel like uh, if yeah. there is a, a um, amazingly terrible curriculum, this is in the syllabus. Yeah, okay. it's definitely in so there. yeah. In the context of amazingly terrible, as Adam said, exposure is good because you could die of exposure. <laughs> wait that's why so, i said it was good you said mm. you were you were never exposed to this and i say yes because we exposure is a good yeah. choice of word because you can die of exposure and nice. I, I felt a little part of me died and i'm glad that this is four hours of enjoyment rather than 30 minutes of of my life that i can't get back okay so so <laughs> okay. i guess i guess <laughs> I, we can we can do it right here. I don't know if this is where we do it, uh, David. But uh, David, David, it, show us where we. David, show us where we do it. Show us where we. <laughs> tell me where David, to put this thing. Tell me where I need David, to stick this. Yeah, show us. Show us where we do it here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, the so uh, amazing, terrible, amazingly terrible. I say this is amazingly terrible. I'm with this you 100. percent It's amazingly terrible. Oh yeah. It's not but, terribly amazing. So yeah, I, it's. Mike, you think it's amazingly terrible? No, I I, yeah. I think it's, you think it's terrible. terrible. I think, it's, think it's terribly terrible. Terrible. Terribly it's terrible. terrible. Okay. Just absolutely terrible. It's it's horrible. It's garbage. I so, mean it is. That's why it's amazingly terrible. But no, yeah, yeah. it's actually exactly. not I wouldn't even Amazing has so many good 
connotations that I don't even want to use that word. So as, as, as the vote for terrible, essentially you're voting it off. Yeah. If terrible ate this and vomited out terrible and then ate the terrible again and then yeah. shut out the terrible, then like, this is like the human centipede of terrible. Because <laughs> I, this, I just can't, I, I, I can't even visualize how bad this show is. It's, I, I think Mike, this show, Mike, I have a quick question. Did you watch this or did you, I did. No, he watched. He watched it. I did. I did not watch. I have. I have not watched Human Centipede, but I've watched this show. Watched the show. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you weren't just going off of how we were describing it to you. No, no, no. I I watched it, and in in no way did I ever feel like any ghosts were actually busted or like. (laughs) Maybe I'm biased. I I am. I'm super basic because I like the real ghostbusters so i'm biased and i'm based because i Mm -hmm. like the real ghostbusters and i'm sorry we we heard you the first time but i really like the real ghostbusters i like bill murray and i I, well bill murray's not in the real ghostbusters i i like the character based off of him I, Um, i like you know what dan Aykroyd busted a ghost he busted a nut in that ghost yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, basically, you're saying that you like Oreos and Hydrox are garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even, even, even though, though Hydrox are the original. This but, is a, well, so is this. This is perfect. This is a perfect analogy, David. You, mm-hmm. you yes. beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> Sexy, voluptuous. David's you, like our Brad. He's like our Brad Arena. <laughs> just a little less material don't yeah. you taint yeah, we're, david we're all we're all lusting after him he's like yeah. did he go out by the back door you're you're tainting david's and, legacy and, here and david's like uh who here's got the most cartoons yeah because you're the one I hang out with. who's got the most cartoons mm-hmm. how much weird shit you got yeah <laughs> um so i i think this is actually kind of an interesting show just for it's like historical because it kind of like branches across the 70s and 80s like the costumes that they're wearing the way they're they're dressed and like the inclusion of the monkey feels very 60s 70s but they're in this like 80s anthropomorphized cartoon world property yeah i don't know it 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 feels like it's like very um kitchen sinky in yeah. terms of its yeah. influences. Uh, would you guys let your kids watch this? Oh, kids. Yeah. No. Fuck uh, no. I, okay, I, I totally agree. Like, yeah, fuck no. Um, the way that th- this show treats women is really, really gross. And uh, Doesn't and, pass the Bechtel test. Uh, <laughs> it, it depicts... <laughs> it depicts really... the, this, this main female character in a, a really disgusting light. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no. I'd, I'd be interesting to see um, uh, how they developed a mysterious character, because if she's the first choice for leadership after Primeval, maybe they they didn't do something so gross with her. But instead, this episode we're seeing like the almost like the Miss Piggy proxy. You know, we've already discussed how Miss Piggy, Miss Piggy was. 
Uh, there's definitely Miss Piggy. Like she's she's sort of she's mummy grubbing and manipulative and slightly hysterical. And she's like wearing pink with like. Uh, and she's wearing pearls pink. on. Well, no, she's wearing mm-hmm. pink with like pearls, so she has like almost like a, a Miss Piggy like style about her on top of all that. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's she's a reprehensible stereotype. Um, and her accent is very like Italian American. It's there's a lot of not nice things happening yeah, with that character. At, at the very yeah. least, it's like derogatory towards New Yorkers and like what? What are you talking about, Mikey? <laughs> what, what are you talking about, New Yorkers? Are New Yorkers wa- just? I am of the walking here. I I, I <laughs> am ambulatory on the street here. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, Seattle boy and guy who actually lives in New York, well, both doing Brooklyn, horrible, right? horrible <laughs> New York accents. I'm well, not. Going... Nobody really talks like that here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's all it's all fake. Most of my neighborhood's Caribbean. Khakis. Nice. Let's try to get this all together in a one universe theory. What do you got, guys? <sighs> okay. No. Uh, no. Mi- okay. David, is there is there anything Lines. we're missing here? Any any segments we're missing? So let's let's start the bidding. I think I have a strong theory. Two. Okay. I, I think I think I have a weak theory, but I have a theory that's a little bit backwards. So. Okay. Okay. Any other bids? Um. um I've got a lot of yes and. Okay. okay. All right. I got a that's, lot of that's... no but. Okay. I'll go. I'll go first then, because I, I don't think mine's going to be the definitive. So, I feel like this takes place in a sub subsection of Eternia. The uh, rogues gallery backs that up. Mysteria, uh, prime evil. There's a real evil Lin and Skeletor vibe going on, and and Beast Man. Like the rogues gallery would line up with that theory. Yes, where some of the individuals in Eternia gained access to the remaining um, technologies, so they flipped on the Starlight Machine and essentially created their own holodeck. And they go into the holodeck program to quote unquote haunt the quote unquote real world. And it's their oh. basic it's an entertainment module for them to like go in and like interact with some of this weird bygone era. And then whenever they get dematerialized, they just pop back out in the real world because it's all just sort of a video game for them. Wow. I like this. So like the fifth dimension, the space that we start our episode in, that's real space. That's real space. That's that's Eternia. Uh, and we already know that Eternia nice. is like a, a a nexus point for like multiple dimensions anyway. So mm. anything can really happen there regardless. And all these random creatures, all these random ghosts are really just inhabitants of Eternia, just random creatures that have evolved from all of the various experiments, all the various timelines, all the various uh, planets that we've come in contact with to this point just living in harmony with one another and they're just sort of in this commune and they they're like a gaming group basically this is their version uh-huh. of D. so i oh i like that i like the idea that this is that like primeval's the, like the gm nerd yes. and this is like his little crew of G, of gaming guys that makes sense as for why yeah. brad arena doesn't know anything about them exactly exactly right <laughs> she's like oh nerds <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have to say I, I really I really do like that you took it to the thirteenth floor. I, it was beautiful. <laughs> that that's that's my bit. That's my bit. So. Mm. All right, strong bid. I propose. Okay. Oh, Mike, you've made me 
You made me the happiest woman. You made me the happiest girl in the world. Oh, Mike. In a what, universe where... What, should, should I move in with you and Sarah? <laughs> hey, that'd be a hell of a throuple. You guys would be a power throuple. Oh, Tell yeah. me. Actually, when we move up north, um, if you want to come over, we can do like podcasts together. <laughs> so my one universe theory is that all this occurred in Earth 36. <gasps> shortly before the singularity enveloped all of it and fucking annihilated it. The end. I like it. Now, guys, <laughs> here's what we have to do. Uh, every every year, we need to have a, a an event a la DC or Marvel Universe. We had to have a cro- um, Yeah, we have to have a multi-universal, <laughs> like, infinite crisis style event that l- allows us to reset the timeline in any way a- that we want. It's I like, would have played Deadpool. Avoid, it's it's inf- avoid, it's it's like uh, infinite infinite cr- it, what, what secret war crisis secret crisis secret crisis secret yeah secret infinite crisis yeah secret Amber. infinite crisis in game in game yeah and and then in there like the first one is just sort of void gaining intelligence a little bit too early and crossing the timelines to wipe everybody out. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to we have to tell Messiah character. First, we had to destroy the universe that we've yes. created yeah. in, in a horrible cataclysm of, of different events. Well, right, this episode we're going, going down that side, hole. We're going on all these side tangents, but uh, we have yet to have David. David, blow us yeah. away. David, blow us. David, blow <laughs> David. us <laughs> away. David, <laughs> you know we're all in love with you. Could you... Pl- could you please do us the honor and blow uh, us? Anyone else <laughs> knows Primeval, his head is basically as big a... Uh, metal helmet mm, i good. think prime evil is actually uh stampede Ooh, <gasps> yeah. and nice. that no. and that when the ghostbusters succeed in uh in defeating him his body is so badly damaged he has to retreat and go find this a new dinosaur oh, body to transfer whoa. into wow okay. so this is kind of the pseudo origin of stampede yes and and uh because he was defeated he gives up on his uh goal to conquer the earth and decides to destroy it instead and this Mm. is why he sends the meteor whoa okay okay the ghostbusters are why he sent the meteor to destroy earth i think this is a theory mike could get behind yeah because this takes place in 1984 so this would have been uh, contemporary in the timeline with essentially well, this is ten, some of the holograms. Ten, so well, this, this is this is ten, ten years, years before, before yeah. yeah, the uh, asteroid. Well, we've yeah. seen in this episode that he has a starship. That's true. He does. He, yeah, he does. he's going to the Goblin Nebula or the the Goblin something. It's the Goblin. I think it's the Goblin right? Nebula. Yeah. yeah. So and, and he does say when he comes back, he says that he got star sick, as like he was seasick. Yeah, so, um, I really, I would much rather see what happened on that ship. That sounds fucking oh, no, yeah, amazing. Yeah. He like puts on his like his uh, his Gonzo mask and like travels to the Goblin Nebula. That sounds yeah. sounds fucking amazing. And like in route, like they're doing like some whale hunting, some space whale hunting or something. Oh or, like, yeah, you like, you gotta get that space baleen. Or they're or yeah. it's or literally on the trip. It's like uh, primeval is like getting his tight 20 together for a stand-up comedy because obviously he's not going to <laughs> okay. scale them he's going there for right. comedic reasons hence the glasses 
Right, like, and he knows that in order to perfect his comedy routine, he will need to la- he to lather his body in ambergris. <laughs> space, space ambergris. So we have space ambergris. Yeah, yeah. From, yeah. Space, from the whales. space whales. Yeah, yeah. Space whales. Yeah. I'm vomiting in my mouth. So <laughs> let me let me let me give you some ambergris right now. So, okay. Uh, so well, David, maybe you should quit drinking so much, Mike. Yeah. So, David, what, what you think is that essentially, like, Stampede was originally, like, a full entity, and then when the Ghostbusters busted him and he got dematerialized, only his head came back and rematerialized and thus became, like, the skull helmet of Stampede, mm. right? Or do you think that the weird face mask that appears to be on the skeletal form of Primeval is Stampede already? That's a good question. Which is one? Prime? Does Prime Evil be uh, like digitize himself into the mask in order to become Stampede, or is Stampede already this external entity that is controlling whatever the Prime Evil's body is? I guess we'll never know. So, do we want to go with it being based in the eighties or based in Eternia? That was a good question. Uh, okay. All right. We've got one theory where we're in the we're in like a post-apocalyptic environment in which they are digitizing themselves to go into real space into a faux 80s to fuck around. Um, And then, David, your theory was that it is the 80s. So and this is the origin of Stampede. Yeah, we're either looking at the pseudo origin of Stampede. Uh, or an earlier timeline of Stampede, or uh, the Eternia okay. D&D group. Here, here is my premise, right? Um, Stampede is... He's some sort of malevolent eternal entity. We know that. Yeah. Right. Why would his, why would his origin need to happen at the beginning? Is that right? where... He, no- is that no. where origins normally happen? So, so you're saying but he's he's sort of an eternal entity throughout the our space the space time of our multiverse. Why would he? Why would he have to originate in the beginning? He could have. This could be. He could have originated towards the end of our timeline, but because he is this malevolent eternal entity, um, his presence transcends our conception of time. In the beginning, there was a skull. What if? If, I'm saying that if, if it could case. be set in Eternia, but it is still the origin of Stampede. So it's a circular timeline? Yeah, I mean, time is a flat circle. If you take a clock and you, like, lay it on the, on the <laughs> yeah, floor. Yeah, and you step on it a bunch. Yeah. yeah. It's like Final Fantasy 1. You have to travel into the future to, to, to defeat go back the evil. Time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never be- beat Final Fantasy 1. It's one of my great, like, failures in life. You really? So, uh, so you don't know chaos really? and garland? No spoilers. Like I've seen I, a lot of your life. I'm, I'm not like, sure that's your greatest failure. Five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back and I'm going to play Final Fantasy One, and I'm going to find out what happens when these wizards like oh uh, when these evolve when these wizards he is standing will be yes. He will become, he will become the entity what stampede. If, what if he is actually the next host of the mask in Eternia, 
and he is creating he has this D group and through the D group he's starting to remember things from 1982 1980s all that so he then projects himself back in time in the sense that he is an entity that is like forever existing everywhere he goes back in time the way that we would perceive it and takes on the mantle of stampede oh yeah the, the son becomes the father so he is both the mask and stampede oh god it's so good what if but then when does the mask originate i mean stampede transcends space and time he's he is a malevolent eternal entity like he can exist in as as with god he could have a tripart existence we've got the mask the stampede and the holy ghost <laughs> oh, fuck. well we, we can I'm find out. that third piece I'm, so i'm out no i like this idea though you you basically have the mask from Eternia have his dnd group become more actualized about some of the things that have happened in the past realize that, that is part of him and that he has to go back and fulfill that in order to maintain the timeline properly well, so. he, he is given the rewards for all GMs for all time. You get to become one with the eternal malevolent entity of the universe. You don't think I... You guys don't think I GM'd for you because I liked it. <laughs> nice. nice. I, this is my bid for immortality. Uh, David, what do you think? Is that a satisfactory... Do you think blending our two ideas would be a satisfactory one-universe theory? I have to say, I do like the idea that he goes back in time. The idea isn't necessarily that he goes back in time. It's that his his entity transcends space and time. Are you guys still talking about this shit? That I don't like so much. You don't like it? As, you don't like that as much? Okay, then he goes back in time. <sighs> Fuck it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I like it. Well, I don't. Well, who cares what you don't like? I care. <laughs> This is horrible. You don't, you don't, I don't like. I don't like it. <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what's happening at my house. I really still love the fact that both Mike and Derek hate the one universe theory, and we're like pushing it on <laughs> every single. Week. I hate it. I <laughs> yeah. hate it, and you guys are just pushing it. I, I think mm -hmm. Matt got a taste of that last week. He hadn't heard where we had placed Samurai Pizza Cats. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it made yeah. it made me so angry. It, it took me right out of it. Death. Yeah, it made me so <laughs> mad. Steal my it, it 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 ruined my entire one universe. You're listening to the part of the podcast where we are all drunk. Except for Don't me. you superimpose I'm, your okay. sexual just, fantasies I'm just on me? Sweating my ass off because I got all the doors closed, windows closed. Uh, yes, yeah, so big There's no big such thing as air conditioning ass. in Seattle. Sweating so. sweating your mass off is good. You're going to get down to your fighting weight. That's true. That's true. What wait, you, to you can't sweat off <laughs> wait yes you can yeah. yes you can but you gain it back as soon as you drink a fucking glass of water well that's okay don't drink a glass of water I think we Adam, could an amazingly terrible five how I measure distance by decaliters of sweat and I still stand Adam, <laughs> yes. Adam okay what, what you need to do is a hundred push ups a hundred sit ups a hundred squats and a ten <laughs> kilometer run you need to do the one punch you, man you work out. Yeah. Sorry, David. What did you say? I, I didn't quite. I said we are definitely we are definitely not giving medical advice on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yes, absolutely not. 
Are you kidding me? Didn't you hear my whole rant story of the Muppet Babies about like clean sex? No way. Nobody Flex. listened to me. What is it? Is is it like Mr. Seventh grade uh, lesson on like using uh, Saran wrap, <laughs> Saran wrap, and a rubber band. Yeah. What <laughs> the uh, fuck? Yes. Yeah, you totally Let's missed why that. Aren't, why are we dead? Back was, into our. I think that was me, Mike, and uh, Dan that were in that class. And yeah, he he was somebody was like, uh, "What if you don't have a dental day?" He was like, "Saran wrap." Okay, what if and, you don't have a condom? What? Saran wrap. How about just don't have sex, dipshit? <laughs> nope, not an option. Saran yeah. wrap. Why not tinfoil? Or cling wrap? Cling wrap, Saran yeah. wrap seems to... It, it oxidizes. You so, know? so the interesting thing about saran wrap is they actually mm-hmm. wanted... Oh, if, you, if you remember when we were kids, it used to actually cling to a lot of things much more easily. Mm-hmm. Um they found out, I think, sometime in the mid to late 90s that the formula that they had to make it that created that like stickiness to it was highly carcinogenic. So they very quietly and subtly changed the formula so they would stop getting sued or they wouldn't start getting sued. And uh, didn't make a big deal about it, so not a lot of people realize that like the stuff from our youth is probably going to kill us. So, um, Well, I mean, if this cartoon is any evidence... I would back that up. <laughs> the cartoons from our youth is going to kill us. Do you have the cartoon list up? Yes. Yeah. I Let's do, do coming up. Let's bring it up. Oh, bring it up now. Uh, Mike, um, I, I, have a few, I have a few things to... to I have uh, the list up. I have a what is index 78? No, I have, I have a few what, things what to was the number? Path, Mike. 78. 70? 8. Yeah. 78. 78. All right, Adam, what's your question? Um... Perfect. 78. Or what's your statement? What? Um, 78 is okay. Captain in the Game Master. David, you gotta fix what? that shit. <laughs> is that still on the list? Shit. What the hell is going on? We keep picking the same fucking cartoons over and over. Yeah. Okay. Your dice are fucking loaded. 78 uh, is Captain in the Game Master. Love it. Yeah. Well, well, are we going we to Vegas? Let's go to Vegas. Let's fucking go to Vegas. This is going to be our punishment because you we'll, know we'll it's going to suck. We'll get there eventually. Why is that still on the list? Captain <laughs> right. the Game oh, Master? We, I, we I tried to on. vote it off. I tried to vote it off. Somebody was wrong. like, oh, we got to keep it on. <laughs> and you were wrong to do it. <laughs> I don't even remember that one. How drunk you, was you I? Weren't, you, weren't you were very drunk. One. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, weren't, you weren't there. You, uh, there, wasn't, there wasn't even a redhead in it. I think you. I think you jumped into the beginning and like said something that we recorded, and then you left immediately. So, mm-hmm. and then you fell down. Um, I'm gonna blame my internet connection. Okay, sure. so so Mike, the thing I have to flow past you is you have said on several occasions in um, on on the show and, and on recording um, that you want that you are looking forward to Ducktales, and Ducktales is a thing that you really want to do. We already got it. We got it on the list. Well, Mike wasn't here last that week. Coming up. Mike, we got DuckTales on the list. DuckTales is... We're going to be d- recording this in three two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, sorry. When I'm not here. Do you, uh, do you you're want... You're not here. You're not going to be here? Maybe not. What? We'll see. Where will you go? Are wait, you going wait, to prison? Wait, I'm going wait, to Florida. We can't... That's like prison. Florida, yeah, we can't gross. do this Best without you. You are, you are like the... the uh, 
Cesar Chavez to our revolution. <laughs> You're like, and, and not Cesar Milan. Yeah, we got to spit in your food. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, but, you're doing DuckTales. Mike, yeah. We was... rolled you to do DuckTales. Did we? we? No, we we rolled me to do DuckTales. Yeah. It, no, it, it says tech... Mike. Bitches. It says Mike bitches. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it was originally Adam. So, Adam, what, what, what I, is the super... Are you trying to know, trade, Adam? I'm trying to trade, Mike. I want to give this to you if you want to do it. This is DuckTales. This is... Mike, this he wants is to you. give it to you. This is part right, of your, so, your childhood. Okay. This is part of your milieu. So what blowjob do you want? I want you to arrange a blowjob for Matt when you guys become a thruple. Uh, I will find... Um, some... I don't want to go outside the relationship, Mike. I will. I'm gonna outsource this. I'm very magnanimous. Magnanimous. Mike, you're very, I'm very magnanimous. Magnetic. I'm very magnanimous to my thruple. You are magnetous. No, I, uh, I, I will save this for a favor for the future. But I, I want to offer this to you because there's not many opportunities for you. You know what? You really like. You want to do this one. I, you, Mike, I'm, you like it, Mike. I like it, I'm Mikey. a little apprehensive about. Mikey likes it. He likes yeah. It. Uh, okay, I will take it for three boxes of cinnamon life. Okay. <laughs> Consider it done. Open up your pantry. There's three boxes of cinnamon life right there. I've already arranged it to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I do have them. I know. <laughs> I've seen your hoarding. <laughs> Your food hoarding habits. I, I, I know how you <laughs> are. I know you accused me of being your dad. Yeah, you're going to eat all of that before you move? Mike's no. your dad. Okay, so seriously, this is a really Mike's big problem. Dad. I have... I, I knew you fucked six, your mom, but... In, this, in the next six months, I have a two-year supply of hoarding to go through. I have 27 pounds of pasta. I Jesus have three, three boxes of quick oats. I have an inordinate amount of potatoes and tomatoes and God knows. What the fuck is wrong with you, Mike? Hey, oh, did we just not, you know, remember the uh, pandemic that we just went through where toilet paper, where people were like punching each other over? I had I had a two year supply of toilet paper and I went through it somehow in six months. But you know, no, but but you you've always said this. Well, you've you've always pooped. You've pooped. pooped, pooped, You always pooped. Yeah, you've pooped for two. Love pooping. You know, it's like one of my favorite things. You're pooping for two. You know what? I'm gonna bring over all of my pasta and I'm gonna (laughs) deliver it to you. I can't. I can't fit that in a New York apartment. Next week on Amazingly Terrible, Pride of the X-Men. And I'm, yeah, next week on Amazingly Terrible, Pride of the X-Men. On a future episode of Amazingly Terrible, Captain in, in, in the, the Game, Game Master. Master. What episode are we doing for Captain hosted, in the Game Master? David? Hosted by Matt. Oh, oh, no. oh, yeah. Again. Again. Ugh. You did the first one. The show is crap. so garbage. This, well, this, this entire thing is great, David. Yeah. You're doing. You're working some sort of black magic on all of this. I f- yeah, I feel like David has like concocted a dark experiment where like we are all punished <laughs> no, for our crimes. I I think what happened is that uh, 
David has come up with an algorithm that's determined that our best shows, and he's just trying to repeat them over and over again. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, okay, we got the most uh, viewership yeah. for Captain and the Game Master with Matt hosting. Let's just that's that's repeat that, that. so like this is like more the five more things you didn't know about Game Master <laughs> Captain in the Game Master. Sorry, thirteen more things you didn't know about Captain in the Game Master. Number eight will blow your mind. <laughs> it's all just clickbait. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what's the what's the episode? What uh, we'll, we'll let Matt decide that. Oh yeah, that's right. We oh, choose oh, thanks. Where we do the videos. Yeah. Oh, I like that rule. That's a okay. good rule. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go take a look and see what I'm interested in. Okay. So next week, Ride of the X Men, hosted by Derek, Summer Sumerianized by Derek, and then a future episode, Captain in the Game Master, summarized by Matt. I'm excited about that. That's a lie. <laughs> this episode, the role of Matt has been played by Matt. For this episode of Amazingly Terrible, I have been Mike. I like th I like that it sounds like you're reading off cue cards badly. <laughs> I have been surprisingly amazing. Um, David, it's the end of the show and we gotta go. Nice. Fuck! Oh, oh I missed the opportunity. Opportunity. <laughs> he stole it. He stole it. Oh. Wow. He got it. We're like a modern day Keats. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David Marks. Send your emails to monotonously terrific at amazinglyterrible.com. Music by Josh Woodward. I just want you to know that, you know, you're going to be like an Atari cartridge. <laughs> that, that you're going to blow because you're going to blow, blow, blow to get the dust out of. I'm going to blow the dust out of you and then I'm going to bury you in the fucking desert. <laughs> <laughs>